Yes, welcome to the NBA panel. Today I'm once again to be honored to be once again joined by NBA legend Sean Kent. Sean, what's going on? Oh man, everything is good my way. I'm uh, just out here working in Seattle. We we just a couple of weeks away from opening up a new store here in Seattle. Um, okay. So yeah, we're looking forward to doing that. It's been a lot of work. This will be the uh, second dispensary, man. So um, you know things are going very well. We went to this venture eyes wide open, and we know from the NBA career you will give it your hundred percent. How was it for you personally seeing your uh, venture grow? Man, it's great. I mean, I work with a great team with with people, and then uh, you know we put our minds together and just come up with some with some great plannings. You know, and, and the ventures that I'm doing too, man. And the good thing about it is that um, you know I'm trying to do these things at a new level, so. I, my buildings are generally pretty big. It's not just a really a, a small store. Uh, yeah, my first building that I bought is about 35,000 square feet. Okay. Right? It's, it's about 35,000 square feet. And then uh, this new building, man, that we just uh, constructed into a store, it's, uh, it's a bank. Man, I, bought, I actually bought a Bank of America. Wow. That's yeah, great. man. So, yeah, so we ended up changing the bank around into a dispensary. So it's a, you know it's a pretty big place, man. So it's um, man, it's fun. It's been fun, definitely. It's one of the big differences between you and dispensary and others, because others are very they're very small stores that you know. That's a big difference. You get more variety right in front of your face. You don't have to go to back behind the counters. You have all your product right in front of all the customers. It's easier for them. No, absolutely, man. It's uh, you know, I think I have over six thousand products in my store. So we, we try to spread things out and make it look just like you go into a, a department store, man. We try to make it look high class, make it look good, give people the space to look at things, not all just stacked on top of each other. Uh, and, you know, a place to walk around and just a place to communicate and also learn, you know, about the uh, the industry, the cannabis industry, not just the uh, the intake of it. Uh, for those who haven't visited your dispensary yet, tell them about the great service that you'll get when you go to your store. Well, in my store, man, we 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 try to do things top notch. We um, everything is done pretty quickly, as far as the purchase of products and things of that sort. We generally use iPads. Kind of, we, okay. we benefit the store off the same as a, as if it was a pharmacy. First of all, so if you if you've seen a pharmacy at a drugstore, then you've seen you've kind of seen my store. And on top of that, we use the iPad, so we try to make things very quickly and very easeable for people because we, we try to deal with a lot of customers throughout the day. But, man, it's just, um, you know, for me, it's, it's a new industry that I got into a few years ago, but it's just been fun, man, just being able to work with a lot of inner-city kids, uh, giving them jobs, uh, seeing these kids rise up to some different positions, higher positions, make more money uh, of that sort, and uh, just do well in life, so... You know, from that sort, man, it's just it's been kind of fun, man, for me just to see some growth of some people that's worked for me. Speaking of growth, um, your transition into a business owner, how has that helped you grow as a person? I know on NBA court, we all know you gave us all, like I said earlier, and you grew every night. You you learned plays. I mean, you, you, gave, you gave all your hundreds. How is it for you doing a business venture, growing and learning? Well, I, I think for myself, man, one of the things that I learned – when I played in the NBA was that, first of all, I mean, we, we learned how to uh, play team ball. So we, right. we, we there's no I in team. So that's the first thing that I think that you, you, you realize. And then second of all, I think as a player you realize is that, you know, man, you, you want to do good business, but you want to keep everybody happy. So you want to be open and honest with people that work for you. 
And also, when you just uh, you want to stay on top of your game, and what I mean by that is just you just want to educate yourself on all all sorts of things of the business. That way, you can always be ahead of the game by plan, planning ahead, and that's what I try to do. So, uh, you know, not though I just have hire young people, I also go around and I hire some older people too to mix right. it in for these kids to have some people to look up to. And, uh, you know, and, and that way they, they can pave the way for them a little bit for this professionalism and how they handle themselves. Communication on MB school is crucial. Tell us from your, from your perspective now how, how, how important is communication in business? Man, the, the, community, the communication in the business is the same as it is really on that court. And I think uh, the good guys really learn that. And what I mean by that is that when any team, anytime that you see a team go through a win streak or you see a team that's doing great during the season, you know that they have great chemistry. That means that they're communicating with each other. Because the only way that you can win in the NBA is if you're communi- communicating with each other. And the only way that you can win in business is that you, uh, you know, communicate with each other and everybody's working towards that one goal. Right. And, uh, and that's, so it's really it's very, very similarities to it, man. And I, I think I try to take the same person I was on that court with, like, sharing the basketball, not being a selfish person. I try to do that the same way in business by, um, you know, uh, working with different people, uh, you know, not just offering them jobs but holding them accountable, too, for their business. All right, congratulations on your second store and potentially your third in it, third, fourth, or fifth in the future. I know you're on that path, bro. It is, man. You know, um, you know, I, I, I you know, I, when I first started doing this, I didn't realize I was gonna go this heavy into it. But yeah, man, right. I can see it now. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm opening up my second store. Uh, I got some friends coming in town. There's uh, guys like Gary Payton, Marshawn Lynch. They're gonna come in town and celebrate it with me. Um, yeah, man. And then so I, you know. From that store, then we we uh, we're already working on the third store. So yeah, uh, yeah man, my, you know my thing is to be able to do five of these stores in in Seattle, and to uh, then start going other places and uh, doing them in other locations also. That's great, man! Congratulations! You're doing it the right way. You're taking it day by day, but also not waiting for the day to go past. You're staying on go as you did on the court, and you're making it happen. That's what you got to do. It is, man. You know, in, in today's world where when it's tough for some of us black men, man, it's just tough. There's so much going on these days yeah. that, uh, you know, it, it really is, man. It, it's a, it, it's just a, it's a tough thing. So I can see how some guys can lose focus in life. You know, right. my main thing is always just to be to make myself better, try to make my family better, try to communicate with people, be, you know, be a person that's workable with other people yeah. and also just educate myself, man, and, and realize that I don't know everything. Right, you're on the same page. I learned make today better than yesterday. That's what you can do, and keep going 100. <laughs> percent Yeah, absolutely, man. Cause it's a it's a tough world out there, man. You know, it's a lot of doubters on us black men in this world. So you know, it's the ones that the ones that's doing well, we have to stay on top, um, motivate each other, support each other, man, and uh, just hope for the best of each other. Because um, you know, it's a lot of doubters out there right now on us because we have a lot of things going on internally. Yes. How did that? How did how did that aspect of it help you on a basketball court? Because you know, when you won the NBA, like you said, there were people down you then, and you rose above all of it. Became awesome, the NBA All Star and NBA legend. How did that transition into your business venture? A lot, I believe, man. I think a lot. I, I was. I've, I've always been amazed, man. One of the things about the NBA 
amazed me when I got involved with it when I was young was right. the brother the brotherhood of it. Yeah. You know, the brotherhood of it. And what I mean by that is that when things something went bad, how these guys collectively together communicated and tried to do something about it. Whether it was something in the media or whether it was something with one player or something like that. I've seen a lot of years where guys, uh, you know, there's a lot of good brothers out there that played in the NBA, and these guys would communicate with each other and try to help certain guys out. Uh, even during the years that we had to strike, bro, I've seen a lot of times where guys were helping out other players and of that sort. So the brotherhood of the NBA is something that I truly miss from playing in it. You know, that's, I don't necessarily miss the court, but I miss that right. locker room. I miss that seeing those guys on a daily basis because – you know, those, those the brothers are really real, man. These guys that work their butt off, and they all come from different facts of life, you know. Some might come from the ghetto. Some might come from the suburbs. But they're going after the same thing, to be successful, to uh, to be the very best, and to uh, to communicate with each other. And they do a very good job of that in the NBA. That's another thing I love about the NBA, because it gives, gives people a platform to show what they're good at, what they're great at. Without the NBA, a lot of people will be able to show their ultimate platform. I mean, and start show what they do on offense platform. I mean, it starts with NCAA, students went to college, some didn't go to college. But once you get that platform, do what you got to do, the rest will fall into place. Absolutely, man. And that's what, uh, you know, when I see these young guys today, I mean, I'm most proud of them is because so much going on in the world. Man, it's so easy to be deflected and, uh, and misguided. But a lot yeah. of these guys, man, they stay true to themselves, and, they, and obviously they got some good leadership in their family because uh, they focus on the game of basketball, and they do a great job of it. Yeah. Um, once again, congratulations on your, on your success and continued success. You're doing it, bro. I'm proud of you, honestly. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate it, man. It's, um, you know, this is what it's about, man. You know, man, it, when you, you get a chance to play in the NBA in that league, I mean, you have to take it personally to do something with yourself outside when you retire. Right. You have, you know, you have to, man. And one of the things that I always wanted people to realize is that even though I went from high school to pro, yeah, I was still going to be able to figure out life and and, and have a, a successful life doing business. Right, and you said that you're setting a good example for future future rookies and player current players when they're going to transition into the cannabis business. You're going to be a good example. Yeah, I think so, man. I think that these guys should take a look at what I'm doing, um, obviously, especially these younger guys, and really see what type of footprint they want to put into the business and give it a shot because there's obviously money to be made. But not just that, man. It's, it's being able to control your own destiny, and that's what this is all about, man. You work for people for so long, and then all of a sudden you say to yourself, well, you want to do it yourself? Well, you, what you should do it yourself is put the same amount of energy or more that you gave the NBA and you gave to your career and to your own business. Right. And like NBA championships, each year is different and not guaranteed. And injuries are part of the game, as you know more than me. One injury, and that could deter your whole career. And having a backup plan early could be coming you and helping you throughout your career. No, absolutely, bro. I mean, these guys these days, and you know, these, these teams are not looking out for the players. They're looking out for the organization. So, um, you know, that's why you don't see any veterans out there on the team, on these teams anymore. They try to keep these guys young where they can move them in and out, you know. So, uh, you know, the thing of these guys is always being smart, staying on top of the game. I mean, look at LeBron James, one yeah. of the smartest young men that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, so speaking of LeBron, he's on the cusp of um, passing Kareem. 
I mean, LeBron is one of one. Uh, it's up to debate whether he's the good of all time. A lot of people have, have, have Michael, which you played against, you know, better than me. Michael was one of one, special one of one. So <laughs> there's yeah, a LeBron, well, there's a Kobe, there's a Michael. Each one had their own time. I mean, Mike is Mike, Mike, is Mike to me. I can't lie. Thank like, you. Mike. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know what? This is the truth of it, man. LeBron James is never going to be Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan is never going to be LeBron James. And I tell you that because, like, Michael Jordan did all those years wearing what he won, 6-0 in the championship, didn't lose. Yeah. You understand? That that might, that that measure stick right there lets you know um, it's probably not going to be beat for a while. You know, it's, it's a tough thing to do, man. You know, to go 6-0 in the championship, man, and then to, uh, to have the career that he did, yeah. It's simply amazing. But to have the career that LeBron James has done and his value of what he brings to the game today as yeah. what he did when he was 18 years old, I mean, it's truly amazing too, man. Like, you know, um, I watched LeBron play a game last week, bro, and I, I mean, there wasn't much difference between now and what it was when he was 18. He might be a little bit faster right. back then. But that's about it. His game is still strong. Yeah, you yourself, um, I introduced you to that NBA legend, which you are. Um, you left a footprint for a future power force, which is transitioning now. Uh, you were ahead of your time when you played on your athletic system um, with your IQ on the floor. Um, you paid the way for future power force. How do you look at that right now? And you didn't oh, know what you were doing better. right then. Absolutely. I just, I smile. I, I smile at it, you know, and um, it's one of those things where you're going to go through life and you ain't going to get no credit from, and that's okay with me. You don't need to get credit for everything. You Sometimes you just got to read between the lines and know the inside of it, yeah. you know, and I'm absolutely, man, I've always smiled. Like, for the things that I wasn't able to accomplish in my career, man, I look at guys like uh, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant. Right. You know, and uh, LeBron James. I look at these guys like, man, they were able to do a lot of things that I wasn't because they was able to be a little bit smarter and they was able to take it a little bit further than what I did. And hopefully they was able to look at me and be able to say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So, And that's what I think this is always about, man. It's always been about us being smarter and better than the next person. And I think those guys did that. And I have a lot of respect for all of them, you know. Yes, yeah, they have they have respect for you too, bro. You you're a part yeah. of the game, bro. <laughs> Crazy, bro. Um, the Lakers, um, they're going through it right now. First of all, the conferences they're, they're jam packed in both West and the East. Um, one win in the West, you can be a fourth to thirteenth. The Lakers are twenty three and twenty seven right now. Three wins from them, four, four losses from the Clippers, and East Lake places. They're fourth, and the Clippers are on thirteenth. How was it for you playing in the Western Conference when it was like that when the ball game? No one every game could be the difference between the first seed and the fifth seed. Man, it's tough, but you you know, okay. The first of all, the first whoever gets the first seed and whoever going to get that last seed, they, that's a setup because you know that that that's a tough win. It's tough for right. that. It's tough to go in there and beat that first seed. So it's almost yeah. like you fighting. You fighting to get your butt kicked. You right, know? yeah. <laughs> you yes, fighting to get in there just to get yeah. your butt kicked. You know, because the chances of you winning is going to be very slim. But, I, you know, I mean, a lot of these teams, I think, uh, are about even. 
I don't know if you could, you, if you're looking at it like I do, I look at them like they're just about even. And I think it's going to be the team that makes the change, the trade right. or adjustment in the, towards the second half, towards the end of the season, yeah. that's going to do it for them. And, uh, you know, when I, I look at the Western Conference and I say, well, the Lakers and the Clippers are about even, really, man. You know, they're really about even. And whichever one that probably makes the best trade right. will probably come out on top. Um, and I look at the same way with Golden State also. It's almost like they're probably going to have to make a trade also to make them a little bit better. Uh, you know, and I, I think that's what it comes down to, man. It's going to come down to these teams saying, hey, we might have one or two guys, but we really need a, we need a, we need a, another big man or we need another guard shooting from the outside. You know, the Lakers need a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, so, um, I, you know, I just can't see them putting it together this year to uh, to be a threat, right? You know, I picked the Clippers to win the championship this year, and I don't see the Clippers winning the championship at all at this point. Yeah, they do a lot of low management between Kawhi and PG. Oh, they've already played back to back, understand it, but eventually you're going to let them ride out because they're going to need those wins. Especially in the West, as you know, like I said, one win here, one loss there, you succeed, you might need. Because matchups in the playoffs, as you know, matchups in the playoffs are very important. If a mini matchup, I'm sure you play it against, you're like, okay. This guy, this guy's dumb ass up. Like he's done. Like <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I think, well, I think, I think the Clippers is counting on getting Paul George and, and uh, Kawhi in the playoffs and getting some great matchups. Right. But man, if these guys are, if they're not playing a large percentage of the games in the regular season, they're not going to do much in the playoffs. Right, so. You know, they're not going to do much in the playoffs. Now, I think Kawhi, Kawhi is definitely starting to play a lot better. You can see, you can see him getting a little stronger out there on the court. Right. You know, you can see you can see it in his average too, because he was around fifteen, sixteen a game. Now it looks like he's getting about twenty, twenty-five in a lot of these games. So you can see him getting a little stronger after his surgery. But you know, I, you know, the, the deal with him and Paul George is that I don't know if it's a great fit, man. I mean, these two have been playing with each other for a number of years now, and haven't been able to really make anything happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they move one of them after the season this year. Yeah, that might be an option because you all know in the NBA it's what you can do for me now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. That's exactly. And I think with the Lakers, you know, uh, they're bringing a big man, but now you'll probably see them. They're going to make a trade for a guard. Yeah, the trade deadline is next week, the ninth. Um, yeah, you they're going one to. Of, yeah, one of your favorite players, Fred Van Fleet, has a player option for next season. He can opt out, and he might get moved. He may get moved. Because Toronto is in a, at an um, impasse right now, but he's not really making a playoff. You know, Masai Ujiri over there, he likes winning. So he might make he might make that turn where he's going to rebuild. And he, he already has two. Like, the next one of the teams looking at Fred Van Fleet right now. You might have to Kevin Durant and Conley. That would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, I think yeah, hearing you say that, I can tell you this, man. Um, Van Fleet could go. They could. I can see them moving uh, – for Van Fleet. Yeah, that's, yeah that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be a move. Man. I can see that because Russell Westbrook runs the court so well and he's still able to get these triple doubles. He would fit right in with Toronto with them young boys. 
You know what I'm saying? He gonna he go he gonna get to the basket sometimes, but a lot of times he's gonna be throwing them dives to him, getting the triple doubles. Yeah. So I can I can see that happening and uh for, for him. But um, you know, I think uh with with anything, LeBron James he needs uh he needs some great shooters, man. Yeah, they also need Anthony yeah, recently got Anthony Davis back. They need him to stay healthy. They can see healthy, they make a good one. I don't see him in that championship. But they'll give a lot of teams a scare once the playoffs start. Yeah, with playoffs, if, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, they'll be okay. But the way that LeBron has been playing so far this season, man, he's yeah. just simply amazing. And, uh, you know, Anthony Davis has had enough time off where he should be able to come right back in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he can't keep, he keep up with LeBron. I mean, damn. I mean, yeah. he had a few – few weeks off, so he should be in great shape for the for going into the second half of the season. But I would still like to see them get a great shooter, man. Somebody where they where these two drive the basket, they could kick and rotate the ball to um you know I, you know a guy a guy a guy that nobody really talks about man. Clay Thompson would fit really good with the Lakers. Yeah, yes he would. He's best spread the floor. Yeah, driving <laughs> downhill. Yeah, because the way that LeBron drives the basket and, and Anthony Davis, both of them, man, they can both drive and kick the basketball. Uh, they need a guy of that sort, man, somebody of Clay, Clay Thompson's sort or one of those guys off the Memphis Grizzlies, one of, the, one of those guys that can really ball. They need an aggressive person, man, who can uh, fill the void in when the scoring is needed. Yeah, we'll see what they're going to do. LeBron didn't go to the lose, but we'll see. Um, recently, the referees have been under fire. They made some inconsistent plays, and it's not not just recently. With the recently, um, where they blew the call against LeBron, against um, the Celtics, which was a blatant call. I don't see how the ref missed it, but in real time, I see how it missed it. Um, for you, when you play, how was it um playing when the referees were inconsistent? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna answer this question to you like this, man. The NBA has the referees have been struggling for quite some time in the NBA. <laughs> Let's just keep it real, man. And um, you know, I I watched a documentary that's on Netflix. I don't know if you watched it. Have you watched it? I think I know what you're talking about. About the referee, yeah, the yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't see it on the My biggest, my biggest problem with the NBA and the referees is that. Even when they had trouble, man, and they caught the referee cheating of sorts, yeah. they didn't – they wasn't honest with us. They wasn't honest with us, man, because this is what I'm trying to tell you. There's no way in the world that it could be one referee gambling. <laughs> when, <laughs> I mean – I hear I mean, you, bro. I get in. There's no – you know, so I think that when I watch these referees, man, yeah. sometimes I have to think back to this that that their video. But then I say these days is that the game just moving so fast that a lot of these guys just can't catch up to it. <clears throat> yeah. They just don't. They just can't catch up to it. And the thing that bothers me the most is they have instant replay, but they can't use it. Yeah, they need to implement that now, or they or they send it to the booth, or on they send it. We send it, get it sent to the booth and just review automatically certain plays. Because real time is crazy to get get some of those plays. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna have instant replay, well, you should be able to use it at all all times of the game. 
Because if you're trying to make the call, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't. It's, it's tough to see that when they say, "Hey, we're gonna, you can we have instant replay, but we're not going to let you use the instant replay the last minute of the game or the last two minutes." I mean, come on now. If you got an instant replay, they should be there for the whole game if the case is in, in, in question. Right. If you're trying to get it right, if you're not trying to get it right, then I think that's what leads the speculation of, of sometimes that people thinking these referees are up to no good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean, it was, when LeBron drove to the basket the other night and they fouled him, I've never seen him drive to the basket and shoot an air ball layup. Yeah, you could tell. So it was, was obvious. Long. You know what I mean? It was obvious that he got fouled. I mean, it didn't take – one of those veteran referees should have saw that and blew the whistle. Right. And the pitcher, they kept soaring. They kept looking right at LeBron. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is just simply amazing, man. And it just, yeah, it just takes it back, man. When you see those, some of these plays like that, you just say, hey. Well, they probably still got some referees out there from back in the day that do as this movie said, that they they never even moved out, you know. So, um, you know, judgment calls is probably going, it's going to be a lot of questions still, you know. It's going to be a lot of questions in people's minds, I think, when it comes to NBA referees. Yeah, I remember when you were playing the, the episode, the episode in the game with um, Allen Iverson and the referee against him. You sort of wanted the best one at the time. They were, they were getting tense for a while. So. Oh, absolutely, you know. Yeah, right. you know. <laughs> Without, without a doubt, bro. And you know, after you know, this is just because after watching it, the, the movie, man, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff they said in the movie was so true, of uh, the referees giving these guys certain calls and things of that nature. Absolutely, man. Um, they was letting some guys get away with murder, like you know, uh, Michael. You know, uh, uh, the traveling calls was not called on him all the time, and. But they were definitely calling them on a lot of other people, right. you know. And and as a player, man, sometimes when you see that, you know, some guys can handle that, and some guys can't. Sometimes that, those 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 calls right there will affect a person so bad that it takes them out of their character. Yeah, yeah it takes a strong it takes a strong person to be able to deal with that, man. But absolutely, it was to me. It was amazing watching the movie, man, because a lot of things they said was true. Of course, they was giving Michael a lot of the good calls, and we had to play around that. We knew that as a team, and we was playing around that. So we was counting on them giving us bad calls. So, you know, that's that was part of our defense was them him having some uh, the whistleblowers work. Um, the new All Star format. Um, how do you like it? Um, they were going to pick the players before the game, almost like a pickup game. I don't, you know, I don't like it. You know, um, I understand that what the NBA is doing and what the NBA is doing is trying to um, uh, keep everything fresh, right? you know, uh, rotate, um, have something different from the fans and not the same thing. But I'm just, man, I'm just an old school person who I like the East going against the West. That's just the way it should be. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, man. You know, um, it's the East going against the West. I want to see those battles. I want to. I want to see it. I, you know. Um, you know, when I played, we took them pretty serious, man. It was like shit. We're gonna go out here. We're gonna challenge these guys. Right. We want to see, man, and uh, we want we want to see how good they really are. Yeah. So, I think- um, you know, I, I think um, for me, that's just 
I'm just an old school person who want to see the East versus the West. But I do understand in today's world why they're they're changing it up uh, before the game. It, it, it you know it keeps people on their toes. Uh, you know people will probably um, definitely go to the game early to see who's going to be on which team. You know of that sort. So with the younger people and the younger generation, it's probably going to be a very fun thing for them. I think this transition with the draft format would cause because of the way today players with conferences and teams. Like when you play, you guys stay like on the same team, same conference. Like you guys want to go against Mike and go against Isaiah Thomas. Like Absolutely. it's easier just, just today players team up with each other different conferences every year they plan it. So I think this new draft format was easy was eased into easily by that. Mm-hmm. You think that? Yeah, you're probably right, man. I you know and and. Like I said, these, you also got to remember this, man. These guys are so friendly these days with the social media. Most of them know each other. Um, they, 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 you know, they, they have relationships on and off the court. Uh, you know, back when I played, it was just the opposite. We didn't have much of a relationship with the uh, enemy. Right. You know, we definitely didn't practice with them, like, in the summertime of that sort uh, or things like that. So the game has changed now where these guys are kind of – evolve with each other and uh, support each other, which is probably a good thing, man. But back when I played, we were just the opposite. Where we were, we didn't want to know. We didn't want them guys didn't need to know what we was working on in the summertime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a, that was gonna be that secret re- that secret weapon when you went into the season. You wanted to you wanted to keep that away from everybody's knowledge. You know? So uh, you yeah. know it's um, that's just the way it was. But it, it's cool to see, man. I, I I enjoy watching these guys play. And I enjoy watching them communicate the way that they do. Um, you know, I think LeBron has done a, a great job uh, being the forefront of all the players, man, um, and, um, you know, reaching out and talking to people of that sort. So now all of them do it. Yeah, so, uh, it's good to see. Yeah. So it's always a pleasure to speak with you, man. Thank you for your time once again. And congratulations on our again. Anytime. I appreciate that. Yeah, we work hard. We're gonna keep this thing going, man. But anytime you need me, just give me a shout, bro. Will do. Thanks for your time. The rest of your day. Right. Talk to you soon. Uh, yes, that was once again NBA Legend Sean Kent. Once again, joining me. Catch you next time.